All right, so let's turn to tech. It's a Tech Tuesday. Carmi Levy is here. Good morning. Good morning, John. Great to be here. All right, I love any story that suggests shenanigans. Uh, siblings, twins, and sometimes children can apparently access iPhones using Face ID. That doesn't surprise me because I'm not sure the level of sophistication of facial recognition. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It isn't 100% technology. And so she, her name is Mary Jean Cormier. She's a radio host in uh, Northern Ontario. And she uh, handed her iPhone to her son, her 10-year-old son. Uh, and he was just going to you know, punch in the ID because she shared that with him. And he was going to look something up on it. And uh, lo and behold, it automatically allowed him in. He didn't have to get to the pin because it recognized his face as hers. Uh, and so they looked at each other like, oh, that's kind of weird. I mean, it's her son. It's not like he's going to go you know, rob her or anything. But uh, so, you know, they tried it again and sure enough, it worked. And she casually mentioned it when she got back to work and uh, not her other colleagues said, yeah, same thing happened with me, with with my sibling, uh, with 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 my sister. And uh, and, you know, I got into her phone. She got into mine and they started talking amongst themselves and they realized this happens really often. A lot of people, they went online and they they, they asked people questions about it. And this is a, a thing. And it, it's a recognition that the technology isn't perfect. False negatives, false positives. Uh, it will let people in uh, who probably shouldn't be. Apple says that the numbers are like one in like like an absolute minute potential. But here's the thing: that's out in the general population. Among uh, if it's your kid uh, or if it's an immediate sibling who kind of looks like you, uh, the the percentages go up significantly. And of course, now Apple isn't saying anything. Uh, you know, they're kind of kind of embarrassed that their technology isn't as perfect as they said it was. I guess it would come down to, though, uh, Carmi, like how many markers the facial recognition is looking for, you know, that, exactly. if, yeah. if, you know, if it's just looking for the square jaw and the high forehead, then it's going to mistake a lot of things. That's right. And when you when you put the phone in front of your face, I do what it does. It kind of throws uh, some some uh, some light at your face, and then it measures how long it takes for that to come back, and it creates a three D map. Uh, of course, ideally, the more sort of points of light that it sends out, the better. The problem here is is that you know that gets into some significant processing. Do you want to sit in front of your phone for the next ten seconds while it processes it, or do you want to get back to work? So they're always trading off, for, you know, the actual sort of capability, the technology with the capability of the hardware, the more sophisticated it is, the slower it might be. Uh, and obviously, that's going to be a problem going forward. So, you know, the, it, technology is always a trade-off. We know that it, that this is not a perfect lock on your phone. I think the reminder here is, is that there are a number of ways to get into your phone, whether it's through a pin, whether it's through your face, whether it's through uh, some other form of what we call two-factor authentication. Uh, use it. Don't just have that one lock of the phone, have more. Maybe a little less convenient, but if you're worried about it, you know, if it's just your kid, it's not a big deal. But what if it's that, you know, sibling that you really don't like who you know, has always been look looking to get you, you probably may want to lock your phone down a little bit more, take another couple of seconds to sign in, but be secure doing so. So the inevitable evil twin. <laughs> I'm very curious about this next story. Outdated tech is wasting valuable time for businesses. How so? This comes to us from Microsoft, and they showed that uh, employees are spending uh, 
literally more than half of their day on emails, chats, uh, meetings, basically the, the, the act of communication notifications, uh, that those numbers are, uh, you know, half of their time, uh, if not more. And what's even worse is they're spending more time in meetings and calls in a given week now than they were in February 2020. So just before the pandemic, that number has now tripled in that time. Um, about two-thirds of people saying they're having difficulty focusing on their job. They don't have the time and the energy to do that. And those same people are three and a half times more likely to struggle with things like innovation, strategic thinking, the kind of deep think work that you really want to do to get cool stuff done because you're so busy chasing all of these notifications and getting your inbox down to zero you really don't have time to actually do any value added work the work all you know, basically becomes managing your email inbox which I can relate, and that's a scary place to be. Okay, comes as no surprise to me because Elon Musk has always said that he's a libertarian and he wants to set Twitter free, but he also has some pretty heavy politics, and apparently uh, he caved into pressure to censor tweets about the Turkish election. Yep. So, uh, you know, President Erdogan not doing so well in the election. Of course, now it's headed to a runoff because he just barely beat out uh, the uh, the opposition, but didn't make 50 percent of the vote. So uh, it was an unexpected weakness. The government kind of freaked out. There's been a lot of criticism against them in recent months following their response to the earthquake. So the government has been negotiating with Twitter. They essentially threatened them, saying you either restrict certain content from being seen by people within Twitter. Anything that's uh, you know that that's uh, that's negative toward the government, they can make uh, the president be seen in a negative light, uh, or we're going to shut Twitter down completely in the country. So Twitter's global affairs. Affairs uh, account essentially published a very detailed list of what they did. We negotiated with them. They said we're shut down, so we we, we essentially acceded to their demands, uh, and they did. Uh, so if you're within if you're within uh, uh, Turkey right now, you can't see posts from certain dissidents, uh, opposition to the government, anything like that, not visible. They've advised those individuals whose content has been suppressed, uh, and it's still visible outside of the country. But it's a troubling trend. Twitter's done the same thing in India as well. They're being sued in India by employees who aren't happy about it. Um, and this seems to be for for all of Elon Musk's talk about Twitter being being you know free free speech, him being a free you know a free speech absolutist. I guess it only matters when it matters to him. Twitter is the uh, Turkey is the company's seventh largest market. I guess the money matters more than the ethics. Thanks a lot for this, Carmen. Good to have you. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. News Talk 1010 tech expert Carmen Levy joins us every Tuesday for Tech Tuesday.